Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service, where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the stories are made from the writers and editors who make them. It's October 14th, 2019. I'm Hannah Harn. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. So this week, we're in the studio with our sports editor, Alex McDougall, uh, to talk a little bit about our sports coverage and, first of all, what makes it so fantastic. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about columns and kind of what makes good sports coverage. Um, so, Alex, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? So, hi, my name is Alex McDougall. As uh, Hannah just stated, I am the sports editor. Last semester, I was the news editor, and I have shifted over. Um, we have a lot of good stuff. I do a weekly Patriots column. Um, usually, it comes out either Sunday night or Monday morning. We have a lot of other things going on. We have a MLB column by Nick Telesmonic. He does really good stuff. I advise you to check that out. We have also... Um, another event coming up about the Ladies' Lead event, which features uh, Attorney General Maura Healey. We have, I mean, we take anything that comes on. Any, you want to submit any coverage of a game, you want to just, you know, write your hot take. That's all totally accepted and fine. Great. So tell me a little bit about, you know, from an editor's perspective, when someone comes to you with a sports pitch, you know, whether it's, you know, an angle they want to take on a story you've pitched at our meeting or if it's just, hey, this is going on and I want to write about it. What's uh, What are, you know, one or two things that you kind of look for uh, for sports stories? Well, the first thing is has to be the the timeliness of the story. If they if you have a game and you want to cover that game, that's totally fine. But you better have it in the night of that game or mm-hmm. the at the very, very latest, the day after the game happens because – when something, a game or any sporting event happens, you want to be right on it. You want to get it right in, submit it, so that way it's still newsworthy. Because if you wait two days, it's just not newsworthy because then there's another game coming on. Yeah. The other thing I try to look for in a story is maybe, you know, what's beyond the game. Is there any other events? So the, for the ladies' lead event, for example, it's not just an event that features a bunch of female runners. It also features a talk from Attorney General Maura Healey. It had a few other guest speakers as well. That's something that goes kind of beyond sports or mm-hmm. something that's beyond, you know, not just talking about a game, but talking about a lot of the other issues we have going on in Massachusetts and in this country. So on a, on a similar kind of note, um, I know, you know, both of our columns that we have right now, both mm-hmm. yours about the Patriots and Nick Telesmonics about the MLB, are pretty solid columns and very good reading for people who are not sports aficionados. Um, tell me what, for you as an editor and a writer, makes a good column and makes a column effective. Well, that's definitely something I try to keep in mind when I'm writing it is some people are reading this and they may have never seen a Patriots game in their whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sad. have, Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> If you watch it, it's very fun good time because they win a lot so yeah I tried to write in a way that people who may not know a whole lot because we have a very uh, BU is a very big school it has a very international student body so if you're outside the if you're from outside the United States chances are you probably don't really know much about uh, American football if you're from maybe Japan or Taiwan South Korea maybe you know a little about baseball or if you're from Dominican Republic Venezuela maybe you know a little about about baseball, but other than that, not many people know about baseball. 
So I try to make it so in a way that these people who are just coming in can look at these articles, read them, be very understand what's going on, maybe hopefully get them more interested in the sport themselves, and you know hopefully maybe it'll make them want to you know check out the game some more. That's something I definitely try to look for in the sports writing. So you obviously, as a sports editor, mm-hmm. have a lot of sports knowledge and sports mm-hmm. experience. What do you look for in a column when you're seeking out, oh, you know, your own reading? Well, when I'm doing sports reading, what I want to know is if you're reading a summary of a game, you know, you just want a clear standard summary. It's if you're like I said, if you're doing a sports column, you want to get it out right away. So generally, most of them follow a pretty standard format, but you always want to know uh, who the players were. You want to know what position they're playing. Um, did they just are they a new player? Did they just come in for this game and then just hit a big home run, or have they been a long time veteran? Either way, again, because even if you're doing a write up, you might not know if the person has ever read a sports column before. So you try to get it so you can identify the person. Also, if I'm reading like a general like column or, or you know opinion piece about a sports story, what do I look for? You know, I want to look for someone who's writing from not a position of authority, but someone who is writing with like a clear sense of, you know, they're not just being really brash, just generally being like, oh, this team is so good, just, you know, close it out. But, you know, even, you know, the Patriots, for example, right, they're, uh, after last night's win, they're 6-0 and on the season. So anyone could just say, the Patriots are the best, you know, they have no flaws, we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But if you really look at this team, it's clear they, even though they haven't lost a game yet, they're, they have weaknesses that they can still address. Okay, yeah. the, the kicker, for instance, the first kicker, Steven Goskowski, was missing his extra points, which if you've never played football before, an extra point is supposed to be like a given. It, should, it always should happen, and yeah. it's not happening this season. So they replaced him with this other guy, Mike Nugent. He's missing stuff. He's missed, he's missed a field goal last night. He missed an extra point the game before. So that's kind of an issue they have. So when you have those issues, you need to address them, even if your team is doing really well. It's something, you know, it's an important point that you need to bring up. It's So I guess the most important thing when looking for a column is making sure this person is analyzing the game, understanding what's going on, really going on with this team, because you can't be in there in the locker room, but mm-hmm. you have to be, in a sense, have to understand what you're, by looking at what's on the field, understand what's really going on with this team. I know we talked recently in one of our pitch meetings about broadening our our scope and our understanding right. of sports, and I think you know what I'm going to bring up, to include esports and, and video game kind of coverage. So do you think this including e- esports in sports as a, you know, as a click down menu in a way is normal, or do you think other services maybe sort them, or how often do you think that they're equated? Well, I definitely think esports is well on the rise and should be kind of included because... The definition of sports can be very, very broad. And the most broadest definition I can think of be ever included is that ESPN includes the spelling bee yeah. as its podcast. So I wouldn't I don't know if spelling bee is a sport. I wouldn't go that far. But esports definitely I mean it, it certainly features a lot of the characteristics of sports. Um, you know, you have play, you have teams, you have players, they're competing in an event, requires a lot of, you know, skill, a lot of dexterity, a lot of mental focus. And most importantly, there's an audience. There's a huge audience for esports. There's millions of people watch it. Um, the players, you know, can make a lot of money playing it if they're really, really, really good. So it's something that they have a public figure. It's a public image. So that's something that is definitely qualifying as a sports, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I recently pitched a story. I don't 
think anyone's taken it yet. So esports cafes, esports bars are also popping up too. I mean, you even have people going to places where you can drink and play video games. Yeah. I think going forward in the future, we're going to see a lot more esports coverage from, I don't know if it's going to be from sports outlets. They might you know, branch off to their own thing, but um, it's definitely something worth paying attention to. Yeah. How do you think, you know, the way people cover esports is different or is going to be different from quote unquote traditional mm. sports coverage? That's a pretty good question. I would say it shouldn't be too different, I would imagine, because you have you know, you interview the people after the game, you try to interview the players after the game, you cover the event, you try to keep track of what's happening, you know, write about all the you know, there could be a comeback victory or there could be a sudden change in events. It could be really good, it could be maybe not so good. You probably have people, I don't know if you would have as much analysis. I don't know if it's hard to analyze a game because in the video game, it's so like, you know, he just performed this move and then he was the better. But I don't know. It's a good question. It's worth wondering if it'll it's going to be, it could be something brand new. It's yeah, something, it'll be something seen interesting to look at over the next couple of, some. you know, I, I want to say next couple of years, but at this, at the rate of speed that kind of news coverage moves now and the way people change so quickly and especially with how fast esports are rising in popularity it's really more likely to be it's going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of months um, Mm -hmm. or even weeks at this point but I think yeah I agree I think it's going to be really interesting to see especially you know particularly for you as a sports editor and as a sports writer um, kind of how that starts to interweave itself and on a similar almost tangential note you and I talked about this a little bit the recent issue with Blizzard, a Mm -hmm. video game company, for those who don't know, that banned a player from their Hearthstone tournament uh, after he made a comment in support of the Hong Kong protesters. Mm -hmm. And so that's the esports realm. And then in the more traditional sports realm, you've got the NBA, you know, and their kind of issues with China because, and them trying to maintain that kind of relationship, but China kind of wanting to pull out because a player, I want to say a player made a comment. It was a general manager. The general manager tweeted out, the general manager of the Houston Rockets tweeted out uh, support of the Hong Kong protest, which yeah. is a pretty big deal because the Houston Rockets, as you might know, had Yao Ming yeah. formerly, who was mm-hmm. a huge, huge you know, player. Presence. And- so to kind of, you know, so that's going to provide context for my question, which is as a sports journalist, how do you handle it when sports and politics have that sort of sometimes very intense intersection? Right. And it's it's a difficult thing to bring up because supposedly sports and politics are never supposed to intersect. People mm-hmm. generally, if you people who are big sports fans always say, like, how dare they bring these politics into sports and things like that. You had the controversy with Colin Kaepernick a few years back. That was kind of a big deal. But like I said, you know, sports can sometimes serve as a lens from which we can examine these political issues. Mm-hmm. People may not like it, but the fact I don't I don't want to say that they're inseparable either mm-hmm. because, you know, many people from many different beliefs and walks of life like sports. It can be a great unifying thing. So mm-hmm. when people that's why people don't like it when it gets really political like that. But you have issues. I mean, if you're going, you know, all the way back to, you know, the 50s with Jackie Robinson playing baseball, that was yeah. obviously a huge political moment. So political politics and sports they intersect sometimes. And when that happens, you have to look at the issues. You do have to kind of think through your sports realm knowledge. Yeah. You know, a sports journalist may not be very politically well-versed, too. So then they may 
they might produce some take that people really don't like. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep in mind your opinion. You have to kind of stand strong, look at what this is what's going on from my viewpoint. How do I address this? And you have to, you know, not, you can't be afraid to get out there and and cover it and say what you feel. It's the same as anything else, any other political or any other journalistic field. So, and I mean, and that kind of ties into what you're talking about earlier with um, the Ladies Lead event and, you know, Attorney General Maura Healy being mm-hmm. there. I think that there are a lot of places where, in sports, where politics comes in. And I think because it is something that so many people are engaged with, regardless of, you know, your walk of life, it is something that becomes, in, even as unifying as it can be, mm-hmm. those points of unification and those points of intersection become magnified because, you know, when you're enjoying the same thing as somebody who maybe is kind of on a different level than you, you sometimes are forced to, you know, confront some things. Um, I mean, and I think especially with, you know, what you're facing with the NBA, I think a lot of that is drived in in money and, you know, right. for seeking profit. And when it comes to being a professional athlete, like, or, you know, professional athletics, like, obviously the players, I think, get into it for the love of the game mm-hmm. and just really loving what they do. But I think that you do, it does become very commercialized, so. Yeah, definitely there's a lot of money in sports, yeah. too, especially over the past few years. I mean, you look at the NFL, they've, and that's because a lot of controversies in the NFL have come, not just from the uh, the political angle with Colin Kaepernick. He also had the things from, you know, obviously the CTE. Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing. And just even... I guess you're going broader. The whole media landscape is changing, where you have a lot of people shifting to online, um, online streaming. Uh, you know, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. Where does the NFL fall in this? Because the NFL is still mainly on TV. Uh, NFL is pretty much one of the biggest staples on TV of all. So, what happens when you know the TV market shrinks? Does the NFL have to shrink down too? Because that's not going to go very well. Because there's a lot of money in the NFL. Yeah, I think that kind of that conversation around money and I think I think sports are a bit more political than people most people would expect mm-hmm. um but yeah so let's let's transition a yeah. little bit uh back to something a little bit more kind of fun I guess okay. so I have a lot of opinions mm-hmm. you know as many people do right um when you are writing your column or when you're writing a you know I think this mostly applies to columns because you were saying earlier you can't just kind of sit down with a column and say oh this team is doing great right and then leave it at that you kind of have to be a little bit more analytical about it. Mm-hmm. So how much opinion do you let kind of sneak into your writing when you are working on columns? Well, I do. If it wants to get in there, I'll generally try to let it in there. I try to I try to keep it fun, too, mm-hmm. when you kind of put your own voice in. Because the other thing you got to realize with column is that if you're watching a team, they're playing every time. You have to Every time they play a game, you write a column, at least a week, weekly column. You know, you have to do a write-up of that week in sports. With football, you know, they only play one game a week. But, yeah. you know, with basketball or baseball, you know, they play a couple games, then you write a column on it. But either way, you know, some things might not change very much. The, for Just to stay with the Patriots, for example, they won one game, you know, 33-3. Next game they won, what was it, like 39 nothing, 49 nothing, or something mm-hmm. like that against the Dolphins. I don't remember the final score, but, you know, I could just write the same thing over and over again. It would, wouldn't be wrong because the same thing pretty much did happen. Yeah. But you have to... Think of ways to keep it original, keep it fresh. So that's where you kind of let your opinion in, um, where you can just say, well, you know, I think this week they should have focused more on this. Or this Mm -hmm. week the defense really demonstrated its value and proved itself to be really, really good this year. Or, oh, uh, Tom Brady declined from his performance this week as opposed to last week, but the Patriots still won. 
Yeah. So they overcame that weakness. So that sort of inserting your opinion into it is a way to kind of keep it original and fresh. So in that kind of sense, it's it can be good to let it in sometimes. All right. So this question, I think, ventures more into the realm of advice. But what has been your experience with talking to professionals? Um, and, you know, if you've had any experience, you know, interviewing a professional yeah. or, you know, you were talking earlier about like being in a locker room yeah. or, or not being able to yeah. be in the locker room. Um, what's been some of your experience with that? Well, it's only been very minor, I have mm-hmm. to admit. I did do a while back, I was working for a startup in Worcester this week in Worcester and some basketball game was going on that I went to cover after the game. I interviewed some of the athletes. Generally, in that kind of sense, you want to look for the athletes who are, you know, the the game ball athletes who performed yeah. the best, who was the who was the most noticeable on the court, who made the, the nicest plays. You want to go talk to those people. If there's like a captain of the team, you want to try to talk to that person. You want to kind of, you know, generally they'll be pretty willing to talk to you, especially if they win. That time I had to be fortunate the home team won. Yeah. So if they, but, you know, if they lose, they can just probably, and sports people, you know, they know the media is going to be covering them. They have probably, you know, things prepared to say in any situation. They they know people are going to ask them questions about things that if they screw up, they're going to have to answer to it to the press and they have things prepared. And usually it goes pretty swimmingly. You know, you have a lot of famous moments in sports where things go kind of get kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never know what they're going to say. Yeah. So I guess to so to wrap up a little bit, what have been some of your, you know, kind of highlights in your sports coverage? <laughs> well, the highlights in my as since I've been taking sport uh, over as sports editor, mm-hmm. since I've taken over as sports editor, my goal was mainly to try to produce more content than we've traditionally had. Last semester, we didn't have a whole lot of sports content Mm -hmm. at all. And so, so far, we've already had a lot more. And so that's why I started producing the Patriots column. We had somebody coming in, Nick came in to do the MLB column, which is really great. He's really great. Um, We've had a few other people talk about doing hockey and basketball. It's not, those seasons haven't started yet. Mm -hmm. So nothing's set in stone, but it looks like we're going to get some more coverage on that. Um, We've had you know, just the local event, like the Leading Ladies event, covering up that's too. We had something from Hub Week, um, who is an a- was an athlete entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. We did a story on that too. That came out really good. So thing I'm looking for is to try to produce more content for yeah. the BU News Service. And that's something I've accomplished so far. Great. So that's looking, I'm happy about that. And then what are some kind of last words of advice you would give to any boating sports correspondents or people who are thinking about getting involved with sports coverage in Boston and beyond? Well, um, I'd like to say something that, um, so my first semester, I was working as a research assistant for Professor Michael Hawley, Mm -hmm. who if you've never taken a class with him, he's really, really great. So I advise that. Um, I was working for him as a research assistant. He was working on a book about uh, Paul Pierce, I believe. He was just working on a book. And... He told me the reason he kind of picked me to be the research assistant was he said, well, you have experience in things other than sports. I was like, that was weird because I was like, well, why did you pick me? Because I wasn't super knowledgeable about sports. But I mean, I know who Paul Pierce is, obviously. But he was like, well, you know, I like how you do other things other than sports. Like he saw, for example, uh, in college, I had an internship with the Hanover Theater. Yeah. And he was like, well, I really like that you worked at the Hanover Theater because, you know, sports has a lot of theatrics in it. And so you know how to do sports. I was like, oh, okay. So my advice to you, if you're trying to make it into the sports writing world is don't just focus all your efforts on sports because a lot of people want to be sports writers and 
you know, sports are awesome, so people kind of focus all their energy towards sports. But really, I think it's through branching out. Like we talked before about how, you know, sports sometimes intersects with politics. That happens sometimes. Yeah. Sports sometimes intersects with entertainment sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you have like Shaq O'Neal who, be, you know, is in a movie mm-hmm. too. So sometimes it intersects with entertainment. It can intersect with really all segments of society. So yeah. you really, if you branch out and not just think about sports, but think about other things that are going on behind the scenes, then it can actually strengthen your own sports coverage. So that's what I would advise. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and sit down and chat. Thank you. All right, that is it for this week's episode of Between the Bylines. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. For the full versions of Alex's columns, as well as Nick's on the MLB and the Patriots, uh, be sure to visit bunewservice.com and click, uh, just kind of click through their articles. They're really great read, and if you don't know anything about sports, they're still just super fun and enjoyable, and you might you might learn something. So that's always fun. Uh, Don't forget to join us also at our pitch meeting this week, Wednesday at 530 in Com B29. We'd also like to thank Alex McDougall, our sports editor, one more time for joining us today, as well as our production team. This week's episode of Between the Bylines was produced by me, Hannah Harn. And be sure to check out our latest episode of Friday Five, where we fill you in on the latest news from Boston and beyond. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcast for more information.